that was a fall a tree had fallen down they just went under it because they were running and they didn't have to duck and right. so i was chasing them and i didn't realize that that same tree was going to hit me right in the waist you know <laughs> words matter with john maurice Hi, everybody. I'm John Maurice, and welcome to another episode of Words Matter with John Maurice. I'm your host, John Maurice, but today is going to be an amazing, amazing episode. Biggest one yet. A few things just to let you know. Today has to be, I'm interviewing the most manliest, probably the most machoist uh, guest that I've ever had the chance to interview. He has the coolest name. He has a hit show on the animal planet, uh, and he takes care of animals in such an amazing way. You're going to get a wealth of knowledge. You're going to get a whole bunch of entertainment and joy from this. Please welcome to the show the Mr. Bearhand Baran, Mr. Michael Baran from the Animal Planet hit show. There he is, Bearhand Rescue. Bearhands Rescue. Welcome. How you doing, sir? Yeah. Man, I am doing great. I am doing. Today was a phenomenal day. Just a phenomenal day all the way around. As I know why. I know why. Because yeah. you were in your amazing place of the Wildlife Command Center. That's what it is. That's right. Check him out That's on right. YouTube, Wildlife Command Center. We're going to plug it all day long. I'm sorry. So go ahead. You had an amazing day. What happened in your day? Yeah. So, you know, it, my days start about 530 in the morning. We're central standard time, you okay. know, so the sun's just coming up and uh, and everything in the animal world is coming alive. You know, the win winter is gone, okay. you know, and and so all the animals are just coming, coming alive. And and what happens in our urban environments is that all of a sudden the animals start waking up at 532. And you might not have to get up till seven. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> the animals in your attic are up at five thirty. Oh, you know, man. And so we started. So we started getting calls early this morning. I mean, early this morning. So you know, I was out there just, just running the roads all day today, rescuing people from some wildlife conflict, some wildlife intrusion. And, uh, and, and then of course, you know, trying to run the company, I got technicians on the road and, and I've got animals at the center and I got animal care technicians. And, and so, you know, just doing it all. And today just fell into place that I accomplished so much, you know, it's nine o'clock PM here in central standard time. Okay. And, and I just feel like I've had just a golden day, you, you know, and a long day. So I just want to say, Thank you for even taking the time out of after a, a whole day like that to now do a show and the taping with me. So I'm so uh, grateful, right. man. Thank you. Five all right. I, I Before I agreed to it, I checked it out a little bit and I was like, man, I love the way this guy talks, man. You got a great voice. Oh, you thank know? you. Thank you. It just, it's just who I am. It's not like I'm trying to, hey, well, welcome to 105. Pump, oh, no. You know, no, no, it's no. just me having no, you a, you know. You got a good, easy listening voice. Like it, it's easy to listen to your voice. Thank yeah. you. I, I appreciate that. I, and I'll, after uh, talking with you, I hope that America and around the world will agree and tune in. You know, you're you're yeah, yeah. you're the one that's going to be like, hey, do we like him or do we not? You know, so <laughs> you're you're the biggest guest to date. So I'm just grateful. I appreciate that. And it's a privilege. I appreciate that. Yeah. So you have all of these people. That is an amazing accomplishment. First of all, even in just a, a business. 
So how did you how did you start to get to where you are now? Not even not even just talking about the hit show and we'll get there, but just yeah, yeah. this company with all of these people and all of these movements, you know, and not pull your hair out. Well, let me tell. Well, I got a full head of hair. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing you're doing good. You're better um, than I am. <laughs> but um, let let me give you the guy version. Okay. All right. So I was raised in the swamps of Louisiana. Oh, okay. Uh, literally, like I'm the oldest of four boys, raised in the swamps of Louisiana. That tells a big picture right there. You okay. Know? And I mean, literally, we were raised in the swamps. You know, my dad was military. All of my all of my, everybody on my parental side is all military. So when I graduated high school, I joined the military too. Uh, I volunteered for submarine service. And then I worked on C-4 missiles, nuclear missiles on submarines. And so I was in charge of the third stage rocket guidance systems for these nuclear missiles. When I got out of the Navy, um, I stayed within that uh, genre a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I was I was a merchant marine for a while, worked in shipyards, did that sort of thing. Um, but then in um, the the early nine late eighties early nineties, I thought that cellular was going to be a huge thing, you know. So I started working my way into the cellular industry, and and then about 19, 1993 or so, um, I was an outside sales manager for a, a startup cellular company that went really big, okay. and then I got bumped around to people like Sprint and Nextel and some of these other cellular companies. Nextel. And I rode that wave. I rode that wave for a long time. Okay. You know, until, until they went retail. Like when when they started putting up stores and people could just come in and get these cell phones, mm -hmm. that's when I got out. I was like, all right, it's run its course now. You know, now it's just a commodity. Oh, okay. Um, and then I jumped into construction. I was a vice president of a construction company. They went mysteriously bankrupt. Well, hold on. How did you how did you become the vice president of a construction company? You just got into it and became vice president or like they, they hired me as vice president. That know? shows your brilliance. That's why I'm like, OK, I thought you maybe I, had uh, laying bricks and no, got man, all that, the way up. I was in the right place at the right time. OK, they had just lost their vice president. I, I was looking for, you know, some type of upper management type position somewhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, I applied, sit down, talked with the guy. And he's like, oh, man, you can do this. I mean, there's no problem. I can teach you how to do that. You can teach you how to do that. But vice president doesn't build anything. You know? Okay, right. Vice president runs the, the people and and runs the business. And if you got a business mind, then then you could step right into it. And that's what I did. But anyway, they they it was a family business. They did about probably 53 million a year, you know. So it was a small construction company. Okay. You know, construction companies do hundreds of billions of dollars in gross sales. Really? You know? I didn't know that. Yeah. Because yeah. when you were saying it, if I wasn't saying anything, I'm listening. But in the back yeah. of my mind, you said 53 million. You was like small control. I'm like, what? 50? That's small, but Ahead. For construction. But still, yeah. I didn't know that it was that major. of I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't get to keep all that money. <laughs> okay. The profit margin is a whole different story. Okay. You gotcha. know? It's, it, it's like some of these uh, companies that you see, these startup.coms, com, mm -hmm. you know, they, they say that they're grossing, you know, uh, $2 million or $3 million. They don't also tell you that they're spending $3 million to keep the company running that way, you know. So it makes it sound good. Yeah. But what are they profiting, you know? That's but the key. Anyway, the, uh, the, uh, the, the construction company, you know, they mysteriously went bankrupt. 
And I was like complexed because I was like, why would you go bankrupt? You know, but it's family problems. They had family issues. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I told my wife, I went home and I told my wife, I was like, look, they're, they're going to file bankruptcy and I'm not going to stick around. Um, I said, you know, I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to do something that I love. And she's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I think I'm going to trap animals and help people with animal problems. Now, this was in 2010. And she threw a shoe at me. She's like, that, no, that's the stupidest <laughs> idea I've ever heard in my life. You know, and uh, I was like, no, 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 really. There's this thing. And, and she was she she she's a big fan now. Right. <laughs> in the beginning, yeah. when you have a vision, very... it's sometimes when you, when you when we have these visions, I have them. I don't know how it's going to happen or if it's going to happen. But people look at me like, are you stupid? So I, I get it. You you can see it clearly, but yeah, to get yeah. people on board, they have to wait. So how long did it take for that process to happen to when she began to see it and begin to take form? And what were your first steps? You had this vision yeah. and you wanted to do this. Then what was the step? What was the foundational structure? So she was fully on board in about three years. Like it took about three years. Okay. You know? She really, she really could see the vision then. Um, but when I first started, so uh, I have to back up just a little bit. Mm -hmm. One of my hobbies okay. while I was while I was a vice president of construction company was I, I was, I'm a falconer. And so I train birds of prey to hunt with me instead of using a gun. Wow. So I'll take a couple of hawks. I'll train them to like me and to hunt with me. I'll take them out into the woods. I'll turn them loose. They'll follow me and we'll go chase squirrels or rabbits or ducks or geese. And the birds will catch the, the, the items for me pin them down and hold them there for me so I can come in and dispatch them, you know? And then I share a little bit with the Hawks and they're like, Hey, this is a good partnership. You know, we don't have to pull all the fur out. We don't have to pull all the feathers. You know, all we got to do is catch it and pin it down. And this guy comes along, does all the hard work and then rewards us for it. We'll keep doing that. Like we like wow. that. We'll keep doing that. So how do you, how did you, even come up with that concept. I've never even heard of that before. So it's, it's uh, blowing my mind. Like you can get, you can train a hawk. These yeah. are huge creatures that, beautiful creatures that are so intelligent and strong and powerful. Right. They don't need us. And you, no, they don't. You trained it to go out and pin down what you want. That's awesome. Yeah. So. So that's a whole sideline conversation. Right. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm learning so much more. I'm just like, we have to have you on again, just talking about all of these things that you're able to do to teach these animals, you know? Yeah. But, but the way I got started in the company mm -hmm. was the way I started the company is that people knew me because I was a falconer and especially in a small town like Shreveport, Louisiana, that's where I started my company mm -hmm. in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana, you know, so, um, but people knew me and people would ask me, they would say, Hey, look, I got squirrels in my attic. Can you bring your hawks out and catch these squirrels in my attic? And I would always tell them, I was like, no, because my hawk can't fly around in your attic. There's not enough room, you know, you know, they, they can't do that. But, but what I was, what I, my, the concept I come up with, and this was, before this was even an industry, like it's an industry now, but before it was even an industry, I was like, well, you know, if I buy a few traps and I go catch these squirrels and I charge them for it, then I'll buy me a few more traps when I make some profit. And, 
you know, maybe I'll just catch squirrels for people because that seems to be a big problem in Louisiana, the squirrels in the attics. Okay. Yeah. And so that's literally how I started. I, I bought six cage traps, live traps, and I went and caught some squirrels for a guy and I charged him like 150 bucks. And he ended up tipping me 125 bucks because he was so oh, wow. grateful that I got rid of the squirrels. Mm -hmm. The next one, I charged him $400. <laughs> ah, yeah because i realized i was charging too little you know uh for the amount of time and effort it takes to do that and then i found out from my construction background that i could make repairs that people uh valued because they didn't have to go find somebody to do the repair work i could do the i could come in catch the animals do the repair work patch up the house make it animal proof and give them their house back and there was like, and then, so it's like a turnkey kind of product, you right. know, it's like you start over here. I got this squirrel problem. He's waking me up at five thirty in the morning. I don't need to get up till seven and I'm losing an hour and a half of sleep. And then I need that hour and a half of sleep. Right. And then over here, they get their house back intact with squirrel, without squirrels, you know? And so there's, there's a value in that. Yeah. Actually, so I've I just been, kind of capitalized on that value. I've been hearing and studying because I, I want to be great. And, uh, you know, I want to be a business person. I have all of these ideas and thoughts, but it's like find a, a, a way to bring a solution to people's problems. If you can solve right. people's problems, you right. can make money. And the stuff that right. I do is not solving a problem. We're just having conversations. So that's why I'm not where I'm at. But it's amazing that you were able to find the problem and have the solution for them. That's amazing. Yeah, and and that's that's how I've grown the company. You know, my company has five divisions, and each division solves a different problem. What are the okay. five divisions? Uh, well, so I have one division that's called Avian Strike Force. It's within Wildlife Command Center. Wildlife mm -hmm. Command Center is the big umbrella company. That's right. But I've got a small Matt. division called Avian Strike Force. Avian Strike Force. And, yeah, and so we train hawks and falcons to resolve pigeon issues in industrial and commercial settings. So a big industrial setting, for instance, is in Louisiana has a lot of gas refineries, petroleum refineries, mm -hmm. okay? Well, you cannot shoot a weapon inside these refineries because you've got fumes and gas and everything. So if you have a pigeon problem, you can't shoot those pigeons, uh, but you can bring a hawk in and catch those pigeons, all right? Mm. Yeah, that's where you come in. And and you have to get rid of the pigeons because the poop from the pigeons, the pigeon poop, is so acidic that it that ruins certain pieces of your refining equipment, you know? So you can't just let the pigeons be. Right. Because they're ruining refinery equipment. I don't know if you know anything about refineries, but they ain't building none. They haven't built a refinery in 50 years. And so they got to maintain the ones they have. So we have gas, to run our vehicles around, you know? And so they have to fix these things. And when you got pigeon poop, it's so acidic that it, it, it destroys a lot of different kinds of metals and they're constantly having, and this stuff is million dollar equipment, you know? So, so what happens to the pigeons? Me, you come huh? in, the eagles get the pigeons, they kill them or just take them. What, what happens to the pigeons? So, so within avian strike force, we have two different methods that we use. Mm -hmm. We do use physical removal. Mm -hmm. okay? We leave it at physical removal. I remove them physically. They're no longer on your property. Right. What happens to them, you don't need to know. Right. You know, 
They might go to a bird dog trainer and he may use them in his pens, but they'll never get, they'll never be loose again. Okay. okay. Um, and then we have what's hazing and harassing, which is what the Falcons do. Falcons are really fast, you know, okay. <laughs> and almost as fast as a pigeon. And so a, and, and pigeons are deathly afraid of Falcons. Like this is a natural world thing. Like pigeons are unreasonably afraid of Falcons. And so you bring a Falcon in, that pigeon's going to fly to Texas, man. You know? <laughs> he, he, he ain't going to stop. Really? You know? Yeah. And wow. so it's very, very effective. As a matter of fact, I've got an account right now in, in uh, western Missouri. Uh-huh. It's a refinery where they, uh, they take corn and they turn it into edible starch for Twinkies and stuff. You know? Wow, it's interesting. And, and the pigeon problem cost them about $4 million about six months ago because they had an E. coli breakout from the pigeon poop. Ooh, okay. All right. So, <laughs> so I brought my falcons in. And baby, I'll tell you what, I turned those falcons loose. And those Missouri pigeons, man, they head all the way to camp. <laughs> they were gone, you know. And so all I got to do now is just maintain that that threat, you right. know, that that uh, that uh, that phantom menace, if you will. That hey, there's a falcon around here somewhere. Let's let's not hang out here. Okay, you know? that's awesome. So that's one division. Okay, we got four more. You got the four. Okay, let's go to number two. That's an all amazing right. one. I love that one. Go ahead, number two. Let's see if number so, two is just so, as wowing is so, number one so, so our wildlife division it's obvious in the name wildlife command center uh-huh. wildlife division we rescue people from wild animals every day you know Ooh, you rescue people that, from wildlife Ooh. oh yeah yeah so we rescue people from wild animals for for one main reason people pay money and animals don't <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Because so, if they so, paid know, money, I, you'd have to decide. I'm sorry, sir. This this pigeon or this this deer said they're gonna give me a thousand dollars. Do I hear two? <laughs> that's hilarious. People pay that's money, it. animals don't. <laughs> well, you know, uh it's it's just one of those situations where um, you know, it's business, you know. And, and so we, early on, we decided that we were going to help homeowners get their homes back. We were going to help people and rescue them from the intrusion, from the incursion, from whatever it is that's causing them grief, you know? Okay. And, and of course, they reward us financially for doing those types of things. So that's the second division. Well, what, kind of, what kind of animals come in there? I've seen uh, uh, your show. And I see like the coyotes and stuff. Are we talking that and like snakes or is there anything? Well, in the bigger, the side of one of my older trucks, before I went, before, you know, I wrap all my trucks so they look cool, mm-hmm. you know, like 100% wrap. Okay. Uh, when I first started, I put a lot of words on it. And uh, in my first, one of my first trucks, it said from alligators to zebras, we catch everything in between. and and we do we've caught alligators we've caught zebras you know um and so but what is it day to day well it's black rat snakes it's Mm. moles in the yard it's raccoons in the attic it's squirrels in the attic it's birds in the attic you know um a lot of it is stuff that 
is worrisome to people because when they hear something up in their attic, one, nobody goes in their attic. Like nobody crawls up in their attic. Yeah. You know? And two, they don't want to, once they hear something up there, they definitely don't want to go up there. (laughs) What do they hear, Matt? What, What do they say when they hear those words? Wildlife Command Center. There hold, we go. Hold up the coin. <laughs> yeah, oh, there, there, there we go. We got, we got the, I got to do it right. I didn't have my glasses on. Wildlife oh, wow. Command Center. How'd you get a challenge coin? That was the, the great Matt. Yeah, I got I got it at the, the Drone Down premiere. Oh, wow. That's cool. We donated. This so, is so, amazing. So, you know, my challenge coin, I love that challenge coin. Like, I like that's one of my big things I give away because it's heavy. It feels like something, but it's it's molded after the challenge coin for my submarine. You know, our, on our submarine, we had challenge coins. And uh, for the MJ Vallejo, which has been turned to razor blades by now. But, um, yeah, the, the MG Vallejo was my first submarine, uh, SSBN 658, great submarine. Um, but they had a challenge coin that's kind of similar to that. And so, you know, I molded that coin after that coin that we use on our submarine now what does that mean when you say challenge coin because this is the first time i've seen this i was like this is really cool yeah so you know people use them for two different things Mm -hmm. all right uh a lot of people around st louis area they use them for ball games for for throwing tossing the coin at the beginning of the ball game really you know it's this heavy if, if it lands on yellow that's that's tails and if it lands on the logo on the front that's heads you know And so, like, I hustle softball games, I hustle football games, soccer games. Anybody that uses a coin, you know, uh, we're, we use it as an intro, you know, give them some. And then once you start throwing that thing around, you realize how heavy it is, you know, and it looks good, you know. So I always get, um, you know, a lot of feedback from it. And then they always end up going on my, sub, my uh, YouTube channel, which is where I want to send everybody. And the, you know, the YouTube channel is what, Matt? Wildlife Command Center. That's right. Wildlife Command Center, everybody. You can get one of these coins Um, at where, Matt? Wildlife Command Center. That's right. Sorry, I have to keep on (laughs) muting myself. (laughs) Yeah, please go. This is the coolest thing, though. I've actually never seen one. And so when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And an amazing marketing tool. Right. And so that's why I wanted to know what was the meaning behind it. I'd never, I didn't even know. So that's then And then the other way I use it is... um, I'll give them out when we do a premiere or if we do um, some event around town, um, you know, I'm I'm in the film industry and I make a lot of films. And if we're doing a premiere, then I'll give those out and I'll say, hey, if you know anyone, challenge them to go watch my YouTube channel and give them this coin so they'll remember the name of it. And then I'll give you another one, you know. And so I get those things handed out and passed around. And so when they give it out and you say, I'll give you another one. Once they give it out, they will contact you and say, I gave it out. So that because you don't want to just give them and then they don't they just hold, you know, no, no, hold no, you everything. need that extra feedback. Right. Because you know? when they come back to me, I talk about the event. I talk about what happened. Well, how did that exchange go? Well, what did they think? You know, did they actually go to the YouTube channel? Is it a good friend of yours? You know, we start talking about it, you know, collecting and so, the data. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, it's part of developing super fans. You know, you you have to be able to have some vehicle, if you will, to develop super fans. And it ne- you need things like that that are significant that you can talk about and then have them give it to somebody else 
And then they come back to you. And so you're getting this feedback that they normally wouldn't come back and talk to you. Right. Maybe they might, but more normally they don't. You know, people are busy and they get in their life, but they want another coin. And so they'll come back to me and we have we start this exchange of conversation. And then before you know it, they they like me, you know, and then they start watching me, right. you know, and then I, then they show up. And when I do lives on Wednesday night, they show up in the in the YouTube live feed in the live chat. And, and now they're sending super chats and now they're uh, uh, subscribing to my Patreon, you know. And so it's all a, it's all a building, a development it's a thing. Process. You're a brilliant, brilliant man, brilliant. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna start watching you and doing everything because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning so much right now. I'm fanning out, but also learning. I'm just like man. So I'm taking yeah, notes. Well, brilliant. Well, you know, I uh, uh, and you know, it, 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 all this information is out there. Who do you want to listen to? You know, I, I listen to a lot of Gary Vanderchuck. You okay, know? he's kind of my mentor. Name. Gary Vanderchuck. Okay. Yeah. yeah I have he to goes look by, uh, his uh, YouTube channel is Gary V, V E E, but his last name is Vanderchuck. Vanderchuck. Um, okay. I like him because he is, um, he he's a very masculine guy, but he's not really big. You know, he's, he's a very confident man, but he's super nice, man. Like, like one of his, one of his messages that he's always getting out there is, man, we don't need to be mean to be good businessmen. Oh, yes. You know, you know, we don't have to be cutthroat and assholes and, and just jerks. We don't have to do that to be good businessmen. You know, right. you can be really nice and help other people get everything they want. And you'll always have everything you need. You know, that's me. And you get joy in helping. And, and you know, that that's what it's all about. But people get I, caught I, up. In I believe greed. in it. Yeah. You know. It, it, I, I really do. It seems I've had uh, my last guest uh, that I interviewed last week said that as part of the reason why I guess I haven't made it yet. And I actually have a, a, a saying that when I'm trying to write a book, delay does not mean denial. But right. it's enjoying the process and understanding the process as yes. you go through yes. it. So I don't have to yes. relearn it. And as much as I want, I see the vision going big and all of this stuff. I'm trying to enjoy the the process in the beginning parts because yes. everything is, is, is myself and my wife and we need to go to the next level. And we're interviewing people now who talk a good theme. You hate people that come on and say they can do stuff, but then they can't do it. And, yeah. and if I were to grow too big and then all these people are coming in and I don't have the infrastructure and the knowledge right. to produce that, then what was... Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm interested, and it's like, ah, oh, uh, don't don't go to him. He's just so. I'm listening. It's it's, it's yeah. very important what you're saying. So thank you for saying that and being kind. Yeah. People think, ah, oh, you're weak. You're gonna get eaten up here, or you know. Yeah, I I do hear that too. You know, like I I, I hear my peers, you know, say that thing, and sometimes my wife, you know, she's like, why did you do that? I was like, look, it'll all come back to us. You know, what's for you. So is for you and can't nobody take it. It's, right, it's, right. it's me against me. So right. when we're doing business, there's, if you have what you have, your blessings are your blessings. I can't take your blessings away. Right, right. So there's enough room at the table for everybody. So let's, I'll pay you what you, or what you want, what you're worth, whatever it is. And there's no hard feelings. So I don't have to try to con you or, or, or tear you down to build me up. I know who I am. Yeah. So yeah, 
I can elevate you, shine with you, celebrate you, and just be at peace. And, and, you know, that concept is so foreign to me, tearing people down to try to build yourself up. Like, like I, that's not me at all. Like I'll, I'll build up five or six people Mm -hmm. and maybe three of them won't work out, you know, but two of them do. And those two really lift me high, you know? Exactly. And the other ones that did not stay, everybody can't be with you and everybody is not in your journey. It's just for a season, but they're better now because of you. And if they can say, man, I, I really like, you know, working with Mike, you know, he helped me out. I learned so much. Yeah. That's, that's the blessing in it, you know? Yeah, it is. And so now our third division. Three. Yes, sir. Yeah. I didn't forget. Um, I was going to come back to it. That's okay. Uh huh. I I can help. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you Uh, are the, the great businessman. So yes, that's why we're coming back to it. Our third division is, 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 kind of commonplace you know it's called pest command center okay and so we're helping people with insect problems okay. you know and and we offer a variety of services you know like we we offer services to commercial and industrial clients we offer services to um clients that uh, are dealing with other animals you know mm-hmm. and then we offer services to people that uh, really want to go green and and not really use traditional pesticides. Okay, and, got it. And so we offer a lot of different uh, things in that nature, and it's it, it's kind of a diversity of services that I offer. But I off, but in in the bigger general scheme of things, I find I have to be diverse to be able to be profitable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then our um, well, with under that being being uh, so diverse and having all of these things. Uh, and you know your expertise area in with all of these different divisions, do you have to personally know in and out each division? You will you have an overview, but do you get in and learn each thing? Or do you yeah. understand it and then hire the people to orchestrate it and keep it moving? So so I know it inside and out, everyone. As a matter of fact, I hold all the permits, all the licenses, all that stuff's in my name. I go out, I take the testing, I do the the examination, I do the continuing education credits and all that stuff that we need for these permits, mm-hmm. you know. Um, however, when I branch out into a different city, my physical body mm-hmm. is in St. Louis. Right. So I have to have somebody that can be in Kansas City. Right. Or Dallas or Sacramento, but you, you understand the process so nobody can take advantage of you and be like, "Hey, you you doing shortcuts oh, they, or whatever." They still try, <laughs> really. Humans, humans, you know, we have to deal with them. <laughs> yeah, that's the. I want to find and work with people who are just going to do their job because we pay for results and we don't want to have yeah. to inspect what we expect. You know, but you you know Gary V, and I'll refer to him quite a bit. One of the things that I finally adopted from him. I used to never fire anybody. I used to never fire anybody. I always <laughs> felt like if I could work with them, if I could train them more, if I could train them better. But I started listening to Gary V and he's like, look, you know, fire quickly and reward those that are progressing. You know, <laughs> you can only work with somebody so much. And it's true because I kept people around that were just bad technicians, Bad for me, bad for my business, bad for my morale. Yeah, bad it's stressing you. Your energy you know? levels, your stomach is is turning, your mind is yeah, thinking. And, and I always felt like it was my fault, 
Like I didn't train them enough. I didn't give them enough mentoring. I didn't provide for them enough. I didn't give them enough tools. I didn't give them everything they wanted, but it wasn't, it was them. Right. They got to want it too. Yeah. And so, so now I fire quickly, but I also promote quickly. Okay. I do the same thing. (laughs) I used to hate it because I just love and want to just, you know, encourage people to be there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm paying you now. If I'm paying you, my, my, it takes me a lot to earn what I'm making. Right. So if right. I'm paying you, I'm not paying yeah. you because I like you. I like you because I like you. I'm paying you yeah, for yeah. a result. And if you right. can't produce that result, yeah, we can try it once. Let's adjust it twice. Okay, a third time. No, nah, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's it. So but again, you know, I think that once you adapt, adapt that thought process, then you see it quicker. Mm. You really, you, you see it quicker because you're like, you know, when you, when you're thinking it's your fault and you need to train more and you need to do more and you need to do more and you need to do more, you don't look at the other person and go, well, what are they doing? Right. You know, are they reciprocating any of this? But whenever you're, whenever you are quick to fire, you also see it very quickly because you then you then you're not looking at yourself so much. You're looking at them and what they're doing and what they're producing and what they're responsible for. And, and so you notice that they're not reciprocating quicker. Mm-hmm. So when someone's not reciprocating, then you might as well just go on part ways. So you know? when you are hiring, when you're find, trying to find the right fit, because sometimes you can interview people or talk with people and you like their personalities and they just click in their nice and they talk a great game and you're like, man, I think this can work. How do you hire or be able to do the research, the background check to see is your resume reflect what you're saying to me? And sometimes it may not. So it's like, how do you do the research to make sure that you get the right people? Cause I'm time is I'm trying to make some cuts to get where I need to go and I don't want to be dragging. So how do you do that? Well, first off, the bad news is uh, <laughs> the odds are stacked against you. You know, we have labor laws that protect the employee that also protects them from for gainful employment. And so there's a lot of things that a person can do that they hide that you can't dig for. Like it's illegal. You know, it's just like you can't interview somebody and you can't even ask them how old they are. You can't. That's illegal. You know, Okay. you, you can't you can't ask someone, do you have a car? You can't do that. You can ask them if they have reliable transportation. But you can't dig down and say, hey, do you have a car that works? Like, you can't say that. Like, there's so much that you can't say. Well, the things I'm I'm referring Ask. to is like uh, in entertainment, uh, do you know marketing? And can you bring in if we if we if I'm paying you money and we're we're doing a campaign and it's five thousand dollars and we're putting that in there. What's the reach that we're going to get? and the people that can come back. Can you, like on Instagram or something, I want to pay you yeah, to do well, my marketing. How many likes can you get? You can't force that, but you need to, you don't want to pay somebody and you get three likes. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So can you, oh, know, can you, can we this. get the engagement? So I'm, that's what I'm talking about, not your age and all that, but I'm paying for results about. now, you know? So I'm yeah, trying so to figure it, out. It is, it is difficult and, you know, and, 
and I, I do hire people that I like and that I think will do a good job and they prove to me that they can't. And that happens, you know. Uh, um, so it's the process. I, it is a process, man. Unfortunately, it's like anything else. It's like, wouldn't it be great if when we start dating, we could just date the perfect woman the first time, you know? Somebody who's just perfect for you. <laughs> you have to go through a lot that way to usually. see who, yeah, see if you... You know, you got to get to know them. I and like then once you. Once you get to know them, you learn a little thing about them that maybe ain't going to work for you. And same thing with, with hiring people, you know, you try to do due diligence. And of course, you know, I do background checks. I call references. I call people. I even dig in social media, like deep. Like I dig in deep social media, you know. And um, and then sometimes you just can't determine what their work ethic is going to be once they are on board until they're on board, you know? Yeah, actually, well, you just have to make a decision quick. I I learned uh, my father always showed me you get up as a man, you go to work early. You know, he was a glass maker. And then when I when I was fresh out of high school, I was working at it was a Wawa and I was doing the overnight shift. And I met the manager for the first time and he said, hey, John, do me a favor. Get me that broom real quick. And I, so I went, I jogged and got the broom and came back and was like, here you go. You want me to sweep? Whatever. He said, no, that was just a test. He said, I always ask somebody to do that so I'll know who I'm working with. If they, you know, kind of uh, mosey along and they kind of slide their feet and they don't have any pep you know it's gonna be a long night he said if they come hustle and they come back he said i just wanted to know who i work what was working with and i never forgot that i was like wow okay i need to always yeah. when, when a it's a great life lesson when it's time to work hustle you know and yeah. in, in personal life you gotta hustle so right very good okay we were on four right yeah so okay so moving on to four um, I got in, I started acting because in, in 2008, because someone, uh, Louisiana got a big tax incentive, a lot of Hollywood moved to Shreveport, Louisiana, and somebody asked me to train an owl for a TV series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. Well, man, I am a hustler. And so I got on that first set and I loved it, man. I love a movie set. I love the camaraderie and the professionalism and the hustle, you know, and, and the food, uh, the craft I was only services. hired. Huh? I said, and the food, the craft services are good. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I think people do way over. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> people overboard on that craft services stuff. But yeah, so I love a movie set. Well, I was hired to, you know, this owl has a script and a scene and whatever. We got all that accomplished. And I'm like sitting around because I did my part. And now I got nothing to do. They they wrapped me, but I didn't want to leave. So I started watching the industry and I just kind of fell in love with the set. Okay. You know, I love all the moving components of it. I like all the parts and pieces. And so I started noticing uh, when there was a vacancy or when something wasn't getting done. Because you can you can feel it when something's not happening right, or you know uh, a grip's not moving something fast enough, or doesn't show up, or somebody doesn't show up, or extras don't show up, or the uh, things happen on a movie set that slow it down. Right. Well, I started inserting myself into those roles. I wasn't even hired by anybody, you know. I just started inserting myself into these roles and and started learning them, 
And then I found out that you get on a movie set and you start hustling, man, you can become AD in no time. You know, you really can. Wow. Okay. You know? uh, if you've got drive, you got the hustle. If you understand that it's time is money and money is being spent when we're not doing nothing because exactly. something happened. Somebody didn't show up. Somebody ain't doing their stuff. You know, there's always something. And when it's, you know? when, when the time is going and nothing's being done, the union is still like, we're on the clock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I got into acting. Mm-hmm. And Brilliant. I started acting and I started, started doing, and then I got into stunt work and doing a lot of stunt work. And then I was like, I found there's this niche of it was difficult for production companies to find animals to work with. You know, there was just a few places. There was, there was somebody down in Atlanta. There's somebody was somebody Sid host Yost was out in California. And, uh, and so they had a problem with finding that. So I was like, well, man, I'll start providing some animals and training animals. And, uh, and that's what kind of lifted my division wildlife command center movie animals, you know? Wow. And then from that, we, broadened it a little bit from just movie animals to doing events and parties you know how do you make that how did you make that transition because you're already on the movie set because people ask you can you train the owls and you're just learning and you're getting Mm -hmm. in being around the right people then you want to expand it and you say doing parties so you just what does that entail you make some flyers you make a social media or post up people want to see these animals at parties so it started with the people that I knew from the industry, the film industry, you know, they'd always have a rap party, right? Like we finished a project they'd have a rap party. I was like, Hey, you, you want me to bring an owl, you know? <laughs> and then that started. And then once, once you did it once, then that production company, you know, people yeah. work within other production companies and people work with us. So when other people started having rap parties, they were like, Hey, you call Michael, he'll bring an owl out. Well, when you, when, if I ask you, I'll bring it out. I'm not going to charge you. But if you ask me, all of a sudden, that's a desired, Some I'm going to solve some problem for you. So there's a value to that, right. you know? So people call me, people asking me to bring animals to rap parties. And uh, you know, I was charging for that. And then we just kind of naturally started doing birthday parties uh, and then school assemblies and corporate events, barbecues, anywhere there's a group of people, they want a little something extra, right. you know. And so right now, you know, um, we do probably four or five parties a week, you know, uh, two hour parties usually. Um, and we'll bring five animals, you know, like we might bring a, a big tortoise, a couple of snakes, a hawk, a fi- falcon or a hawk and an owl, you know. We also have a kangaroo and a wallaby, and we have, <laughs> and, and we have four ringtail lemurs. Well, now, hold know. on. What is a ringtail lemur? I'm sorry. I, I well, don't know what well, you, that is. You, you know what a ringtail lemur is because surely you've seen the cartoon Madagascar. Yes. And King Julian? You got oh, to move it, move yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a ringtail lemur. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. He was hilarious. And so I have those in real life. Wow. Yeah. You know, not just a cartoon. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So you and, take uh, that. And uh-huh. so we, we've developed a few animals that people like. Amazingly, people love turtles, like big turtles, you know, Salcutta tortoises. I saw you know? that you had one and, and was looking. Why? Like, do they do anything? Or I don't know what the. 
<laughs> Most requested animal, though, you know. Maybe I mean, it walks around and it, it, people can hold it and they look at it. They think it's cute. I don't know. It's, there's there's some attraction there. And it's, you know? it's probably not a danger to the little kids. So the little kids can kind of see it and possibly, I don't know. None of our animals are dangerous to the little kids. I mean, we, you know, we train them. Right. And interact with them. We, we know their personalities before we take them out. You know, the most requested is the turtle. Yeah. People wow. love them. Yeah. And so we've got three of okay. them because if we have three parties in the same day and three people request the tortoises you know we get we take them with us but yeah we just basically turn them loose you know and just let them crawl around and and people pick them up and play with them and look at them and scratch their shells and and uh but mostly they just love them crawling around on their living room or wherever we're at for the birthday party or the event and uh you never have to worry about where they are because Somebody knows where it's at. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Can they the turtle, don't go very fast? <laughs> can the turtle feel something? You have the big shell. Yeah. Can they feel like if you when you're yeah. touching the shell? Yeah, yeah. So it's a living organism. The shell is a living organism. So it's just like our skin, but it's just hard for them. Thicker, harder, yeah. Yeah. So you can take a brush, like a, a nylon bristle brush, mm -hmm. any turtle. I don't care, any turtle. But you start scrubbing on its tail, on its shell with a nylon brush, mm -hmm. and it starts reacting to it because it can feel it. You know, there's plenty of YouTube videos. Uh, just just Google uh, turtle dancing while being brushed or something like that, <laughs> and, and it looks like the turtle's dancing because he's like moving his little butt around. You know, right? But is it is it like tickling them? Is it hurting them? What? Do we know? Uh, it, it feels good to them because oh, okay. you know it's 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 tactile stimulation they don't normally get. Ah, okay. So it's a good thing. Then. I don't want to, yeah, yeah. you know, if I saw it's, it's one. Sort of like, it's, it's sort of like you and me. Okay. <laughs> you and me. I right. don't know you that much. You just met me. Right. But if an, if uh, if your wife walked up behind you and started kind of massaging the back of your neck a little bit, it's somewhere people don't touch you very often. Right. Back in the neck. Yeah. You're like, you really cool. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, Turtles the same way, you know, they, they you get this tactile stimulation in a place where you don't normally get it. Okay. You know. That's why people like massages, because people don't usually touch you on the shoulders and the back, you know. So people love massages because it's tactile stimulation you just don't normally get. Okay. Turtles are the same way. Great you know? analogy. And alligators, alligators too. You, uh, If you pet an alligator on top of the head right between the eyes, it just <laughs> practically goes sleep on you. I ain't getting close to no alligator. So if I ever, <laughs> and I, I used to live in Florida, you know. Okay. And and right across the street uh, in the community, we had the big lake with the water fountain by the pool house. And I used yeah. to always, I wonder if there's an alligator or something in there. I, I've never seen one in person. I used to go to uh, drive past Gatorland. Shout out to Gatorland, oh, yeah. Orlando, Florida. Mike, Matt, Wildlife Command Center. Wildlife Command Center. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but if I ever, I don't know if I would want to see one because I know what they do, you know. And so if they you know ever, what if, they're capable of, uh, what they're capable of. So if everyone came close to me, try to grab it and rub it between the uh, <laughs> the eyes or something and then to stop. It won't eat me at that point. Don't try that. At Don't all. try. OK, <laughs> it's not going to turn so, out good. So we, we have two alligators. <laughs> Let me rephrase all of that. We have two alligators that love it. <laughs> but okay. they're trained alligators. Yeah. They're not going to bite your arm off. OK, yeah. We're not talking about going to the swamp lane and say, no, I'm no, gator, don't gator, do that. Gator. Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't I don't like. Mm. But are outside of 
the natural gators, um, are they really dangerous or are they afraid of people? I don't know. That's one thing I wanted to know about alligators. Yeah. So in the bigger scheme of things, most alligators just want to get away from you. You know, the smaller they are, the more they want to get away from you. The bigger they are, they might stand their ground. Okay. But, you know, a six foot alligator is capable of delivering a lot of damage to the human body. Hmm. So that capacity is there. Uh, a six foot alligator, though, doesn't want no part of you because you six foot two. I'm six foot, you know, or I'm about same size. They they don't have a concept of size and what's big, but you're way taller than them, you know, so they don't want nothing to do with you. They're going to try to try to get out unless it's a female garden eggs. And then that's a whole different story and everything in nature. You know, I've seen them like crawl through neighborhoods or like up on door. I'm like, what is going on here? I've seen one guy uh, trying to push one back because the the kids were outside playing and the alligator was just walking through the neighborhood, you know, and it was like, okay, what's happening? So, so, so that's usually bull alligators too, males. So males will move around over land to get to other water for a couple of different reasons. Too many, too many male alligators in their original pond. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to move along, go somewhere else. You know, um, no females. You know, they they might move because <laughs> they want find find a date. Yeah, you, know? you go to a party, it's just all guys. You like, I'm, I'm yeah, out of here. I'm, I'm I'm sick of this party. I want to go to a different place. <laughs> go to a different party. It's not such a sausage fest. Yeah. You know? um, uh, or there's no more food in that pond they've eaten they've eaten it all you know or they've depleted it to such an extent that they're not eating much right so there's those reasons why alligators will, will travel across land well when we've built all of our homes in areas where they normally would travel um they're going to run into our homes because they don't know any any better right yeah you know? and it was their land we just built around it i don't know if it was theirs but they they used it to trans transverse right. land you know got it so Okay, but thank you for explaining that for me. I'm sorry I had yeah, to no stop problem. the whole podcast to talk about an alligator real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Why is yeah. an alligator in the neighborhood? <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I'm just like, I don't even Perfectly wanna... good reasons. So I was like, if next time I go back to Florida, this is where all my family is. I'm going to be like, stop, I got it. I'm going to just touch it right between the eyes, you know? <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. No, I heard no. that at where I hear it, Matt. <laughs> Why? Wildlife Command Center. There we go. Wildlife Check out his YouTube Center. page. Yes. All right. All right. So we're, we're, right. we're on four. Did we finish four? Or are we four part? We uh, finished four. We're on yeah, five. Yeah, we finished four. Wildlife Command Center, movie animals, events, parties, that sort of thing. You know, basically, you know, finding a purpose for the animals that we rescue sometimes and uh, and giving them a job. Got it. Know? And that's an amazing then, concept. Thinking about it, taking what you have and mm-hmm. then finding multiple streams and lanes where you can utilize it that's a brilliant mind right and then being able to execute it in the places where you are i'm just like blown away okay well we're on five yeah so five is actually a a pet of mine yeah Uh, because i'm a falconer um i love birds of prey all all birds of prey hawks owls eagles falcons everything vultures everything okay and so we we started a non-profit that's called Raptor Rescue. Raptor Rescue. And it's operated by Wildlife Command Center. But we go out and we rescue birds of prey 
that have been injured by humans typically, mm. whether they've been electrocuted, hit by a car, flown into a glass window, mm. or they're just trapped in some type of situation. They got a uh, fishing line tangled up on them. They got plastic tangled up on them. There's something. Right. And we go in, we rescue them. We capture them. We provide first aid. We provide injury stabilization. And then we provide transportation all the way through the healing process. So we take them, once we've got them stabilized, we take them to the hospital. Once they're done at the hospital, we take them to the rehabilitation center. Once the rehabilitators are done, we take them to the release site. So we provide that transportation all along the way so that they can have a complete healing journey. Okay. You know? And From who pays that bill? Do you pay that? You, I know you're covering taking them to and from. Are you paying the bills too? So we pay some bills, mm -hmm. you know. But um, but that's why we start. We form the nonprofit, and so we we do a lot of events where we raise money and fundraise for the raptor rescue efforts. Okay, you know, uh, one great example is three week three months ago, we started doing a trivia night on the last Friday of the month. We rented out a hall. We bring the animals in. We have a trivia theme. All of our people are there that run it. We have a bunch of volunteers that come in and we just have a really good time and we build a community around the trivia night and all of the proceeds that we we operate and we, that we get from the, the trivia night goes to our Raptor Rescue program. And and the first one we did three months ago, we raised a thousand dollars. I was pretty happy with that. Okay. You know, because not only did we have a lot of fun, but I had a captive audience that I hammered wildlife command center into you yeah. know and i got i got every i make every person subscribe to the youtube channel before they can leave the building <laughs> now, how know? do you do that <laughs> i i just sit there I, I take out my phone i'm in charge of the microphone at that point i'm like all right everybody go to wildlife command center youtube channel all right i need everybody let's see we got 41 people in here i need 41 new subscribers and uh, they just do it because i ask them to you know that's brilliant you know, actually, and, uh, I haven't reached that point yet. I think I'm still like, uh, they want to, yeah. but you have to get out of that. <laughs> and that's brilliant. Put out your you'll phones. Wildlife Command Center. What you ask for. Damn, yeah. that's it. Yeah, you yeah. have not because you ask not. Yeah. It's like people yeah. say, I would. He never asked me. So why would I? Right, ask? right. And, but this last trivia night, we raised $3,200. Wow. Okay. And that's and that's only the third trivia night we had. And so our next trivia night in St. Louis is April 28th, the last Friday of April, and it's going to be Disney Animal theme trivia. And we've already sold 24 tables and we only have room for 25 tables in this hall that that's we're in. That's awesome. Now, do so, you uh stream it also? We haven't got to that yet. We're trying to figure out how to make it interesting cuz trivia night lasts 4 hours. Okay. Yeah, because we're there from 6 till 10 o'clock. Well, we can figure it out. So, and so how do you make that interesting enough to, to live stream, you know? So well, people we, gotta we be, are working on it. I'll you, tell you, we've got an incredible MC. Okay. If, uh, if, you, if you go to my Facebook page and then you uh, look up Jenna Heckathorn. Heckathorn. She's, Jenna Heckathorn. Jenna Heckathorn. She's, uh, she's my animal events coordinator and marketing manager. Mm-hmm. And she is the best MC anywhere. I mean, she's just good. She keeps the crowd engaged. She's funny, you know, and uh, and she's 
smart when it comes to trivia stuff. April twenty eighth. April twenty eighth. Saint Louis. Saint Louis. It's at Pastime, Pastime Club. Pastime Club. Okay, we'll put that information up. I want to see this now, and if it's not uh, streamed. You know, how do I see Jenna and her excellence and all of that stuff? So I'm like, I'm thinking maybe I should get a ticket to come out and be a part because I want to see this, you know, because all of these elements you have going on. Hey, John, let me invite you right now. Fly out to (laughs) St. Louis because it's you're in you're in Las Vegas, right? Yes. Yeah. Super cheap tickets from Las Vegas, nonstop to St. Louis. Okay. You know. And uh, and I'll I'll hook you up with a hotel. We'll we'll just have fun. You can come hang out at the Wildlife Command Center and uh, spend two days with me. You know, and you if it happens it. to be on a Friday of trivia night, spend the night with me. You'll love it. You'll love my people. You'll love the 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 air of it all, and you'll see. You know how I've accomplished some of these things. You got it. I got the invitation. So y'all hear it. You hear it, Matt, babe. You heard it. I'm 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 coming to St. Louis the 28th yeah. of this month. Actually, that's my father's birthday. Oh, really? That's yeah, great. The April yeah. 28th, and I'm just gonna give him a call. He's in South Carolina, so yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> I, I will definitely come out afterwards. I'll get all the information, and I'd love to be a part. And I'll donate to the uh, the you'll, trivia. Night. You'll have a good time. You'll be thoroughly entertained because one of my big concepts is brand entertainment. There you yeah. go. And that's what I'm learning now, branding everything. Taking this taking this Wildlife Command Center brand and creating entertaining content around it, you know, so that people not just realize that they may need me when there's a squirrel in the attic, but they can be entertained. And I'll tell you, you know, a person can watch an advertisement for something, and if they want it, they'll go pursue it, all right? Mm-hmm. But if you can entertain somebody – They'll be your best customer forever. And anything you offer, they'll scoop it up. You know? Okay. I'm gonna I'm 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 taking all of these notes. I'm listening. I that your well is so deep I am drinking because I thirst. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. That is amazing. We have a lot to talk about. So you definitely yeah, will see it. me. Okay. So and what else? Is that was that it in five? In the that five, five categories, that was, and that's that, my five divisions and within Wildlife Command Center. Let's let's briefly do a synopsis over them again. Number five was uh, the the nonprofit Raptor Rescue. Nonprofit, okay. Number four, number four is the uh, Wildlife Command Center movie animals. Mm-hmm. Number three, and number three is Pest Command Center where we deal with insects. Got it. Number two, number two is Wildlife Command Center where we deal with wildlife. And number one. It was Avian Strike Force. Avian Strike Force. And all of we, those were... Go ahead. Yeah, we, we deal with avian problems in the commercial industrial air, uh, arenas. Now, when you started, it just, when you wanted to do this, did you have... No, all of these things begin to expand as you did one thing and then an opportunity came up and then it just came? Or did you have all of these things visualized beforehand? No, I, I did not have... A, all visualized. However, I did name the company Wildlife Command Center. There you go, Matt. Yeah. Wildlife <laughs> Command Center. Check out his YouTube right. page. You know, I did I did name the company Wildlife Command Center. So being being prior military, you know, I had this concept of everything would report to the command center. Correct. And we would run it from the command center. 
You know, I didn't know exactly how it would all play out because I hadn't discovered all the niches yet and I hadn't discovered all the problems. And I'm so if you if you don't know what the problem is, you can't offer a solution. As time went on, I started recognizing these problems and finding solutions for them. And so, you know, um, I have people all the time when I go to convention, they go, man, you are so lucky. How did you do that? Man, luck has blessed you. <laughs> and of course, you know, my philosophy is that preparedness runs into opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. You got luck. Right. You know? It wasn't just, I just did it and like, okay, I'm here. No, you have to be ready for that opportunity. That's what people don't realize. So you have to, there's a saying, you, ha uh, you, you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Exactly, exactly. And so one of the things I found out very early on, especially when it comes to investing in equipment, mm -hmm. I found out that um, if I wasn't doing some service, but then I invested on the equipment to do that service, all of a sudden I started having a lot of business for that service, you know, after I bought the equipment. And so, you know, a good example is, you know, raccoons and squirrels, mice poop in people's attics, right? They poop in the attic. Up there in the attic, there's poop all over the place. You know, we never we never did attic clean out and remediation until I bought a six thousand dollar vacuum just to vacuum attics out. That's a special vacuum to vacuum attics out. So when you you bought it before you ever did it, what made you have the insight? Did you start thinking, man, I'm up there. There's a lot of poop. But I mean, you offer these services and then you buy. OK, got it. But, but you, you have know, to get into it, it, it to realize it. It took me a minute to, to one, want to spend $6,000. That's a big <laughs> spend for me. You know, I'm frugal. I don't like to spend money. Likewise. Uh, but also scary because I hadn't done any of that type of work. But then I realized the reason I haven't done that work is because I didn't have the equipment, you know. And so I was like, it took me three, four months mm -hmm. to convince myself to, to put six thousand dollars up to make the, the logic of it but the one thing yeah. that i like about this story and about you is your military background most people never accomplish their dreams or goals because of fear mm -hmm. and the only difference between a person who who wins and a person who does not or or gives up or forfeits uh we all have fear but the mm -hmm. winner is able to face fear, uh, you know, having faith in the face of fear, but then having the courage to go forward. So we're right, moving right. forward. I don't know how. I just, this is what I feel. Doesn't make sense. I may lose all my money. It's a lot. Ugh, we're going forward to where yeah. most people would be like, man, I'm not spending no six grand. I could figure out another way to, you know, and that's, yeah. that, that's the difference sometimes between. And, and so, and so, yeah, so courage is. You know, overcoming fear with courage, but overcoming fear with wisdom is even better. You know, elaborate on that overcoming fear with wisdom. Yeah. So fear is a good way to preserve your life. All right. Okay. Like we we as humans, as a, as an animal, as the human animal, fear has kept us alive for an eon of years, you know. Why are people afraid of snakes? Well, because if you're afraid of snakes, you won't get bit by a snake and you won't die, <laughs> you know? Okay. And so it's ingrained. 
And so, you know, you take that a step further, you, you know, extrapolate it. And so fear of financial loss has had a lot of people, you know, retain wealth. Okay. But also fear of walking out in front of a moving car has saved a lot of lives. And so it all plays together, you know, but when you use wisdom to overcome fear, then you're no longer making that, uh, taking a chance. You've actually calculated and planned it and thought about it and figured out a way to make it work through wisdom, you know? And so it's, it's not like, you know, the fear may be holding you back for a reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a legitimate reason, mm -hmm. but if you, if you can be wise enough to figure out how to make it work, you know, if you can use your mind and and have a clear path, then you can overcome that fear easier because you have a clear path or you can see a path. Right. At least, you know, but now has, so, go ahead, finish. So so when it comes to offering new services and, and buying equipment to provide those services, you know, that's what I really look at. I was like, is there a clear path? Is this is this a service that's needed? And. If I spend this money, how long will it take me to get my return on this investment? Okay, good, good. Yeah, that's good because you have to, you want to know that you're going to make your money back because you don't want to yeah. just throw it away and you have to be strategic. So now, now in hindsight, mm -hmm. why the heck didn't I buy that $6,000 vacuum six years ago? Because it made me, it made me so much money in the first three months. I was kicking myself. For, for dragging my feet for so long. Well, you don't know what you don't know. That's and, true. And that's, that's true. I that's use that the, saying all the time. That's just the thing. It's like... You uh, don't know what you don't know. I have a good friend who, who tells me that. He's, he's an older guy and... Uh, He's rooting for me to win. And he's like, John, you're almost there. You, I, you just, I see it. I'm just like, well, just tell me. It would be, I'd be there quicker. But he's not telling me. And he's, he's a brilliant businessman. I'm just like, I just... I love the process of understanding and I, as, as things happen and I'm in it, I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, and you figure it out. So these is life, life lessons. So this is like college, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I just, I don't, I know, I don't know what I don't know. So if you just yeah. tell me, I can speed this process up, but yeah, it's, you know, I feel the same way about my YouTube channel, you know, what's the really YouTube, do. Matt? Wildlife, Wildlife Command, Command Center. Center. That's like right. I said, sorry, I have to unmute myself. Wildlife <laughs> Command Center. Yeah, yeah we're going to have you, that. You know, my thing. YouTube channel does not grow fast enough for me. Gotcha. You know, and I wish I could figure out the secret, you know, but it, we've added things to it a little bit at a time. We've tweaked things. We've changed things, you know, but still, you know, three, four thousand subscribers a month is so slow. It's so slow. You know, it is. Is slow. that is that? Do you see other? Where are you? Because that that's to me. I'm like, that's pretty good, and it's it's growth. But you being in the industry, and it's you against you. You can't look at other people, so you just have to. So, what is your expectation? You know, where should it grow? You know, un unfortunately, I got a taste of it. So I've had my YouTube channel. For almost 10 years. Okay. All right. And I just hit 71,000 subscribers. Okay. Congratulations. However, however, my subscriber base didn't start until two years ago. So I had a YouTube channel for eight years that I only had like 4,000 subscribers for an eon 
And then two years ago, we started changing a few things. We changing the format. I got a I got a full time videographer on staff now that just follows me around with a camera and and does all my edits and 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 you know that was money I spent that I was always afraid to spend, mm-hmm. but it's starting to pay off. Right. You know, because you have um, the machine, the machine keeps going. You yeah, have yeah, to yeah. do what they do. And uh, and then so, you know, when YouTube shorts was first introduced, we jumped on that really fast. Like we really jumped on YouTube shorts. And and because of that, we got some really good early success where we were gaining a thousand subscribers a day. OK. You know, and so I tasted that. And then, of course, you know, as with all things, things that go viral can be a blessing. (laughs) They can be a curse as well, you know. And so when it slowed down to a normal, uh, a normal amount, like right now, we 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 gain about 200 subscribers a day, roughly, you know, Um, and we get about 50,000 views a day on, on average. And and that seems to be kind of an average of where we are right now. But I'd already tasted a thousand subscribers a day, you know. And so now you're, that that you're that, in that the chase again, where I think where I think I know it can be, mm-hmm. you know. But we started doing um, about eight months ago. We started doing no, not eight months ago. Four months ago, we started doing YouTube lives, a live every Wednesday night at six o'clock. Okay, and. The first live we did, we had 10 people. We were excited. You know, they listened to us for an hour and a half. But, but that video, once it once it posts as a video to your YouTube channel, people started keep people kept watching it, you know. And so now we would get a thousand views on on a live. And and of course, now the more lives we do, the more our audience grows. And so, you know, every time we do a live now, we do it once a week, we have a bigger audience. And now we have an engaging audience. And now we have an audience that wants to participate. Now we have an audience that wants to reward us financially. And so right now we're doing a YouTube live on Wednesday nights and and we make three, four hundred dollars in an hour. Yeah, you know? oh, that's good. Yeah. And, so just it's just so, a process. It yeah, it's do just, one it's thing process. You it know? just keeps coming and rolling and it's the grassroots and just going. You don't want it to just come all at once and then you can't uh Oh yeah, I do uh, want that. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have the infrastructure is, to growing. engage with everyone? Yeah, it's growing at a very slow, very sustainable rate, you know. Um, but still, you know, I do so our goal currently is that we're trying to grow the YouTube channel so that it can sustain my videographer full time so that it can Got sustain it. My videographer. Right. Because right now I'm paying him. But eventually I want the YouTube channel to pay him. Correct. And, and we're getting close. You know, we're gaining every week we gain on that. You know. So how does that we will talk when I come when I come there at the end yeah. of the month, because I'm like, you want to sustain it through the YouTube um, we'll talk multiple uh, ways because the amount of time and effort and energy you're putting into that and the people are responding is there got to be another way for people to get your content so that you can get more money. I don't know what the, you know, what the YouTube yeah, well, thing is and, you know, if you go other places, but. Yeah, so we are working those angles too. You know, and so you're uh, constantly creating content. So 
your catalog is becoming you you own that so yeah. everybody out there is looking for content me included so yeah. that's a way to you know from your youtube you can also take the same stuff or or take different things and make it exclusive and put it in other places same stuff you just edit it a little different or sure. whatever and sure. uh get these people who are wanting it and, and work in other uh areas yeah. you know so yeah next, uh, now if i'm next, sorry my mind is going now <laughs> well next friday mm -hmm. um next friday the 21st uh we start filming our pbs9 series and so what is that PBS, the local PBS, PBS station? Oh, huh? okay. Public broadcasting right. system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we start um we start with a local uh segment that we're doing. You know, it's it's, it's really designed for smaller children. Mm -hmm. And so that is going to give us some reach. And so when it, when we sign the contract with them, we sign the agreement that we could film ourselves being filmed by them. And so we're going to be so we're going to have content produced from that that we can use. But also we're going to be on, you know, a, a national TV station that's syndicated around the world. And so our stuff's going to be shown there. And it's this logo, man. We, we've got this thing front and center. Yeah. yeah. What is that again, Matt? Wildlife Control Center. Wildlife, <laughs> Command, Command, center. Wildlife Command Center. See, that's Command what I need Center. To Command Center. Two page. Wildlife yeah. Command Center. The Command yeah. Center. Yeah. And so and so, you know, the animal planet thing that that was one of, uh, you know, Discovery Plus, the Bare Hands Rescue, um, that was to be the fuel for my vehicle, mm -hmm. you know. And of course, when Time Warner and Discovery merged, we got shelved. And so we didn't, oh, really? they didn't buy any more episodes, you know. And so we're shopping that concept again, you know. So the logo up at the top of here, Michael Francis Presents. He's a, he's a local uh, promoter, you know, and uh, so he's, he, we, we reworked the sizzle reel, you know, and so we're out, we're out shopping it right now. How many episodes? Yeah. Huh? How many episodes? Uh, they only bought three episodes. But how so. many do you have in the can? Oh, well, I mean, we had six in the can before they canned us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they bought three. Yeah, they bought three, so we've got we've got three three in the in the can. But uh, because they ended up capturing this bare mm -hmm. hands rescue, so we can't use that anymore. Okay, you know it's theirs. They they own that. Oh, really? So that's yeah. Uh, we yeah. have to talk so, about that too. In the contract, you came up with this, you did this, you shop it. They want it, but now they own that. Well, that they own the, the that name. name, as that's said. But I own the font, the coloration, and I own the hands. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't use it either. Yeah, they can't use it anywhere else. You know. So, but is that was there a way to better. negotiate? Did you come up with the name? No. Mm -mm. Okay. No, the the rescue part was theirs. So so my nickname in the industry has always been Bare Hands Baran. Mm -hmm. And by the way. It started out, that's not a positive thing in my industry. Like I caught a lot of flack for it. So my peers hate me or they hate the fact that I'm having so much success from it because you're supposed to wear gloves. You're supposed to wear personal protective equipment, you know? And so there's a whole bunch of flack with that. But when they got a hold of it and, and you know, people were calling me bare hands brand and a negative connotation all the time right. in my industry, mm -hmm. you know? 
Well, when they got a hold of it, they're like, well, let's do bare hands rescue. And I was like, oh yeah, that's great. That sounds great. Let's do it that way. And then I realized that this right here is where the money's at. Oh, that's why they just said you didn't know. We don't know what we don't know. Because you could have been like, now I got to have this. This is a part of it. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm really good now about reading contracts and deciphering contracts and figuring out what contracts really mean and what they could mean three years from now, you know, because now I think about all that stuff. Right. Because there's an improperity and all of that throughout the universe. And it's just like, can't we just make a deal? What's good for for both of us? We do it for a set amount of time. You get what you get. I get what I get. And then we go. But you want to own me forever. I've also, yeah, I've learned too that that set amount of time, the more contracts I sign, the smaller that amount of time gets. I don't give people a lot of time. Yeah, because you put your blood work. You 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 did this. You and then you go. Yeah, take because it. you know you give people too much time. Those they sit on it, and you're stuck. Mm. You know, so so my contracts. Well, I've learned a lot. You know, some of it is just blood, sweat, and tears. You know, when it comes to con- contractual stuff, but words matter. Words do matter. You know, and words you know, matter. And with me, anything I, I just want it to be easy. You know. <laughs> Let's just make it work and let the rest just take its place. I'm not into trying to control anybody. I'm even with like my network, I want to make sure if people are streaming or, or if they want to live, whatever, and you get paid. I, I studied what, okay, what does Amazon Prime give you or what, you know, if they, somebody put their stuff up on there. So above, I, I just want to make sure that I'm above all of that. So if somebody comes and run their stuff through me, they're going to get paid more than anyone else in the industry period just because you know first of all you don't know who i am you don't know so when we push together we win together and if you have content you created that you know we just need something to keep the lights on but that's all you and you get viewers they may see something else they like so that's the win-win but we want to push people so yeah that's major. I'm glad you learned a lot. So I'm going to be picking your brain on even <laughs> on contracts and everything else uh, when we get yeah. there. I am coming. Yeah, oh, okay. her, her, her. yeah Can I go, babe? Can I go? <laughs> she gave me the green light, so I'll be there. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll love it, man. You really will. And, and you know, we can talk about brand entertainment, but we can also talk about product placement, you know. Uh, great segue was this movie that I recently did. Well, we did it a year ago, and uh, and now it's just just about to have a con- completed distribution deal. But uh, Drone Down, which I did a lot of stunt work in, I acted in it, and I was a creature in it. You played the yeah. Bigfoot, right? Sasquatch. A Sasquatch. Okay, yeah. I saw yeah. the trial. I was like, what the heck? And then I heard a story that uh, you were running through, and you got the Sasquatch got clotheslined. And you were on stilts and stuff, but you did it on purpose. Well, is that true? So first off, well, first off, I'm a stunt guy. Okay. All right. So you really can't hurt a stunt guy, at least a good one. You know? <laughs> so even if you have an accident, you just turn it into a stunt. Okay. You know, so you don't get hurt. Right. And so, yeah, man, you know, two things mm-hmm. about that. Hey, before we get into it, you want to show the, the trailer? You want to show the, the clip? Okay, Matt, we're going to show Yes, sir. You, you want to do yep. that before we jump into it so people oh, have some oh, yeah, stuff sure. we're talking about? Got it. Yep, yep. We're going to show the right clip, now. and it's coming from where, Matt? 
Wildlife, Wildlife Command, Command Center. Center. YouTube. I love it. Go I to it, it, everybody. All right. Yeah. Here's, here's the, uh, the, the trailer. And this is, what's the name of it again? Drone Down. Drone Down. All right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to talk about in this. What attacked them, Dr. Park? What was it? Was it a mountain lion, a bear? Did you really see? Why don't any of you believe me? Because you sound nuttier than a squirrel. We're out here on a missing persons case. It's blood. That blood could have come from any animal or person. I don't believe in coincidences. It took me about 90 days to learn how to walk on 27 inch stilts. Okay. But not only did I have to learn how to walk on them, I had to be able to put that 300 pound suit on and run in stilts because I was That's running in stilts in that, in that. Yeah, I see. Right okay. Well, two things that we found out the hard way was <laughs> that when I'm on 20 inch, 27 inch stilts, I can run way faster than a human. Really way faster, way Cause, faster. Because you got you you gain more uh, right. space with those yeah. legs. So we had to we had to slow me down so much so I wouldn't run over the actors. Really? You know? Yeah. And that's uh, cool. Yeah. So we we had to slow me down way down because because when we first started filming, I was like going after it, you know, and <laughs> and I was overrunning them. You know, that would and be a that, cool I, movie, too, though, like a cocaine bear, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, nobody could get away. Yeah. You know? We also found out that I can't stop in those things. Ooh. Once you get running, you can't stop. <laughs> it's hard to stop, you know, especially on uneven terrain like we were filming in the National Forest. Wow. So how you did know? you. But how. Are, oh, okay. So so you, you're running because you have to run. But. You can't just stop because you're on still. It's not like your legs. You can just cut. So what had the first few times, what happened? Because no, I know it. No, every, every time after I found out that, I, well, the first time I just fell flat on my face. <laughs> 27 inches flat on my face. Uh, after that, <laughs> I realized I had to run into a tree to stop. Like, that's how we stopped me. Like I would run towards a tree oh. and I would just try to stop taking as many steps and I would just embrace the tree. You know? really? oh. and, and, but, you know, I was in this big costume that was so padded up 
to make it look thick and, okay. and full that I, I could hit the tree as hard as I want to. It wouldn't, it, it didn't hurt. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. And, and that's just like, uh, and so that scene where I'm chasing them, uh-huh. um, they're all normal size people like five, five. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know, I'm already six foot high and now I'm an additional 27 inches, you know, so I'm like pushing nine feet, wow. you know? Yeah. And I'm running and they just went under this tree that was a fall a tree had fallen down. They just went under it because they were running and they didn't have to duck. And right. so I was chasing them and I didn't realize that that same tree was going to hit me right in the waist, you know? Oh, <laughs> and so, and so <laughs> what, the moment that I realized what was going to happen, I knew to do a downward swing and just throw my feet up and then just fall on my back, you know, because it was it was like a split second. If I didn't have the stunt training that I had, it I would have just it. crashed through it right fell in the over gut. It. Who knows what would have happened? So you, you know? threw your, you in the middle of the run, you see the tree like, oh, OK, and you got to kick your feet up. To yeah. fall back, but yeah. that's a brilliant move too. Was that in the? Uh, I did you hit the tree there, or did you kick your legs up to fall back? No, I hit the tree and kicked the legs at the same time, and just kind of fell backwards. Okay, yeah, yeah we it, were all panicking. And then, we thought and we then, thought we killed him. <laughs> then everybody was so mortified because they thought that I had really hurt myself. Right, you know. I mean, everybody come over. You okay? Are you okay? Oh my God, are you okay? I was like, hey, I hope you were filming that. <laughs> I hope yeah. you didn't turn the camera off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I told Mike, I was like, you know, if that didn't look exactly right, I can do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so he immediately got the camera, started looking back and started looking at it. He goes, no, no. I, oh my God, that looks so good. And I was oh, like, you got it. We got it on the first take. We didn't even know we were going to do it. Wildlife Command Center. <laughs> Wildlife Command Center. Yeah. Oh, that's that's amazing. Command Center. So, so that's like it's like when you're uh, a child, you know, and you're you're dreaming about uh, Sasquatch and all these things, and you're just playing. It's just your imagination just goes back there. But you had the creativity to kick your leg. You knew. So that yeah. that alone is amazing, you know. And when they well, were running, I was like, why aren't they running faster? I was engaged with seeing it, you know, and then seeing you coming. I'm like, holy crap. Well, yeah. So that's the thing is that they they were running as fast as they have a call. Somebody special just called. We have a call. Okay. Let's. Sorry. Let me interrupt you. I had to bring them on. Hey. Hello. Can you hear us? There we go. Mike. Hello. Test. There One, we two. go. How are you, Mike? All right. I got <laughs> to do the whole completely. Shit. Sorry, guys. I yeah. got to do it all again. Hello, John. <laughs> Hello, Michael. Um, hey, this Mike. call may be recorded for quality assurance. I will need your routing and bank account numbers. <laughs> well, so, uh, I, I'll give I it to you be after. Careful. Mm-hmm. I got to be careful because uh, I got an Alexa in the room whenever I say Michael Brand, she goes nuts. <laughs> I'm having a malfunction, ma 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 Michael. Uh, well, anyway, she's oh, a, she yeah, called him a stuff muffin. That's yeah. Alexa loves Michael Brand. We all love oh, Michael hey, Brand. Hey, uh, you know I like birds of prey too. My favorite bird of prey is the Klingon bird of prey. The Klingon. Oh boy, 
We're going okay. back to Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a trackie. What do you mean going uh, back? I never left. Uh-oh. That was you? a pretty cool ship, though. I, I do admit. And, Mike, well, we were going to play close. the trailer again. I messed up. I played the screener. So right. we're going to play, we're gonna play the trailer. Is this actually part of the podcast right now? Yes, this is you. You called in. You're the very no, first no, caller. You gotta, you got to cut the last two hours. You can't. Okay. No, that's fine. <laughs> and I just want to say to everybody, uh, this is uh, Mike Conway, who just joined and called in on the phone. He was the very first interview. He's the torch with the when burning down the house and all that stuff. You guys uh, did this movie together, correct? Yeah. Correct. So Mike yep. Conway is the producer, and and he helped write it. I mean, he did everything with it. Director. Yeah. Did the music. I mean, he did everything. We actually talked I about play this. Bigfoot, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he allowed me to do that. Well, you guys did an amazing job. Now, was there two uh, two Sasquatches? Like I saw uh, you. There's, walk- there's more. There's more. Wow. Okay. There's a tribe. I thought it was it's just all the me. One. It's it's all me though. Okay. Yeah, because yep. you got to have that big suit and the stilts and that tall. But that's amazing, man. And the the running, very well done. Very well. I'm excited to see it. So you guys are working with. Um, uh, distribution now to put that out. We are we are seeking distribution. Seeking. Uh, there is there is somebody who has the screener, but I haven't heard back from them yet. So we are seeking distribution. Okay. Well, you're definitely going to get it because it's interesting. I want to see it, so I know everybody's <laughs> going to want to see this movie. My uh, uh, solar installer and the guy's name was. Tr- oh, I don't know if I can say his, I can say his name. His name is Tron Slade. I was like. Sir, nobody in the nation has that name other than you. <laughs> and he, uh, we had to wait for the approval. So I said, hey, you want to see a couple trailers? And uh, so he saw the drone down. He's like, oh, where can I see this? I got to see this. So I was like, uh, well, it'll be soon, hopefully. Very yeah. cool. Well, yeah, we hope I, to see I think. I mean, I, I hustle the heck out of it. That trailer, if you look at how many times that trailer has been shown, you know, um, I've got a, a whole slew of fans that want to see that show. So it's. So, uh, so what's the uh, the key to finding distribution? Because it's a great project. It looks good. People want to see it. What What's the why aren't they picking it up or, you know? Yeah, it's like. It's like selling a Humvee, you know, it's a good looking product, but you got to have just the right person and you got to, you got to have just the right deal, you know? Um, yeah. Most people lose their shirts in the distribution handoff, you know, and I think, I think Michael Conway's done a good job of, you know, filtering that stuff and getting the help with it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, most films that I've done, it's usually taken them uh, a little while to get distribution. Like uh, when we shot Terrarium in 2000, it wasn't until 2005 that Lionsgate released it, you know, but but it came out. It just sometimes takes a while. You know what? We should do a, uh, a summit. I'd love to host it um, and have you guys just talk in panels and discussions about these things and the after the project is done, you know, because everybody think I just want to make a film or a TV show. And I've I've you know, I'm working on two now. I've done two. 
But the process after the lights are turned off, how do you make the deal? How do you sell it? What do you, mm -hmm. this is you guys have knowledge that people would pay for. That could be number six, you oh, know, a training yeah. uh, facility of teaching just just a, a, a live stream. Uh, a master class on hey, this is what you need to expect, you know, because I would pay for that. I need that, you know. Yeah, yeah well. you can get a panel of like uh, five or six people or or, or more. But uh, I, I'll repeat what I said to you from the first podcast, which is distribution is easy to get. It's getting paid for the movie, which is the hard part. Ah, yes. okay. Well, yes. I still need to learn both. I don't know the, I, I, they, I am people, my own distribution. I'm trying to find. People will distribute your stuff and keep all your money and keep all the money. Like they'll distribute the heck out of it and keep all the money. And that's the, the, actually, it's twofold because that happened with me with my first album. I actually am going back with uh, iTunes and CD Baby to try, where's my money? It's been 15 years, but I, it's the back burner. But now I'm like, how do you even get it out there? How do you make people care? I mean, you guys are doing an amazing job with constantly uh, creating content and putting it out there, but now uh, monetizing on it and and capitalizing on that. Yeah, That's the hard it's part. Obviously, obviously a new landscape because we're into streaming now and uh, there's so much less of the physical product, although, you know, it can be, at conventions and things like that but but uh you know like i'm saying outside of walmart and amazon it's not like you see cds and dvds in stores like you used to um so it's it's a new frontier and uh so during this transition a lot of people are learning both distributors and and the creators so from you from the creator and dealing with uh, the industry, the distributors and stuff like that. What do you think the perfect for you, but also being realistic and, and fair, what would be the perfect deal or what would be the perfect avenue that you think would be for a creator who wants to distribute their stuff? What, what does that look like? Well, uh, one of the actors and, and the screenwriter, Michael Kearney, who you saw in the trailer is one of the guys behind that log. Mm -hmm. And he asked, uh, so what platform are you going to put it on? And I was like, hopefully all of them, because, it, and, and if you can get a, uh, uh, a larger distributor, you, you know, someone who's not just doing it out of their basement, but uh, people who have the avenues into all the platforms that that's what I would love to see. Okay. You know, a worldwide <laughs> net release. You know, they put it on Voodoo, PlayStation, Roku, uh, all the big places, Paramount, whatever. Well, that, <laughs> you that, know, that's the, that's that's me. The Taiji Network is the same as HBO Max, Hulu, Amazon Prime, uh, all of those. I'm just not known yet. So as we get known and get the 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 numbers up, then people will, we can do lives and all of that other stuff. So. Uh, as I grow, if you guys need, it's, it's there, you know, and the money part, that's not even an issue. You know, you bring the eyes, you can get the money. I make sure that you get a, a larger, uh, portion of the pie. And actually I just had this discussion with, uh, the broadcasting company that I deal with who, who created HBO, Hulu, Amazon, all of those. And so if you put upload a movie 
onto Amazon Prime, they're taking 50%. So if you like pay $9.99 for your movie and you have to tell people, go see my movie for $9.99 and they pay it, uh, Amazon takes 50% of that. And you get 50%, mm -hmm. but you did all the work pushing it. The Taijing Network, how we're different, um, we will push your stuff and, you know, because we're looking for content. We'll be putting it, I do the programming, you know, we have classic television, we, we're gonna be putting it on independent channels and all that stuff. But what I just found out, had a meeting with them, uh, they take 20% off the top. And I was like, because I wanted to give the content creators 20, uh, 80%, and we take 20% for putting it up, because we'd have to you know, hire people to upload or do whatever. Uh, but since well, they take think, since they uh, take eighty percent, I'm like, okay, well, I'll take a smaller cut just to keep everything going to give the content creators more push. So I'm looking to give them either seventy or seventy five percent, and then the uh, distributors are taking the twenty percent. So I'll have between five to ten uh, just to keep everything going because I'm covering everything, all of the the bills and all that stuff, and pushing. So. Once we start getting those numbers and those views, we'll be the better hub and the better center so that you can make more money because we're the home of the well, independent. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's the goal. And if I could give more money to the content creators, because if, if you're giving 50% to Amazon Prime and they're not pushing you, I think it would be better served if I have the same airwaves and the same infrastructure that they have and we can do lives and everything else, you can get more money with us, why not go with me? And I push you and you push you, we pushing together, you're gonna reach more. So that's what well, Taijin is all about, tying the generation together for entertainment. We purpose. will have to have uh, that talk. <laughs> when, uh, whenever, you're, whenever you're ready, and I'm looking for people, I'm looking for content, so I just wanna, it's not about me anymore trying to, I wanna do this, and yeah, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do, but if I can shine a light on people, you know, it doesn't, the light, if, I, if I'm holding you up and the light there, I still am in the light. I am part of the process. And if I can be that process that gets you to where you need to go, I'm fine with that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what we're all about and creating content too. I'm sorry. We, we'll have to wrap up. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> with Mike. Oh, with, with Mike. Mike. No, with Mike. Yeah, we got to shine back on Michael Buran. Guy, yeah, all the stunts, all his, you know, when he was talking about work ethic on the set, he was doing that. He was moving my poles and my green screens and whatever. And, and he's sweating his ass off in that suit. <laughs> and he, he was doing it all. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I, I thank him. Uh, my gratitude is uh, yeah, he was amazing. Uh, endless for that. The thing I like I about you guys is everybody is just not only just amazing individuals, but great and creative uh, uh, minds, you know, and so much to offer. So I'm just grateful to just even have had the opportunity to interview both of you, but even be in the presence and, and have the be able to the discussion to talk about these things because I'm learning so much. So I'm grateful for you guys taking time out. I understand uh, what it is. You guys are already established. I'm trying to get there. So thank you guys so much. And thank you, Michael. I didn't even know that you were listening this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we th thought that he'd like to listen and, and all that type of stuff. Because I told told him that Michael no, Baran was going to be on, and he was excited too. He was like, "Oh man, is there any way I can listen yeah, in? Are you live?" I, I said, "Well, we're pre-recording." Voice bomb his, his podcast <laughs> here. So. I, I, well, I had him muted on the channel. 
Well, and that's also cool. Thank you even for doing this because as we begin to grow, we want to take in the live calls, you know, as we start getting live. So mm-hmm. you're the first one. So, you know, you were the, the, the yeah, Matt, we Matt the working out, here. getting the kinks out. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time I did this setup today. Sorry for all the tech issues, uh, everybody. I was, a, I was a poser <laughs> at first. I wanted to fool you. no this was all good and and you know there are no mistakes we're just learning and this is the the process and i think we can even leave some of it it's it's up to you uh michael if you want that it's just about teaching people it's not about the perfect thing that you see on instagram and everybody's trying to make it seem like you know they have it all together you know try to follow the truth you know go for the light and just be real you know and be kind and I, I actually have a question for Michael Baran. Um, when did when did you first start doing doing stunts? Because you're so good at it. I, I was very curious. I'm very curious about that. Um, I actually didn't start doing stunts until 2019. Ooh, oh, yeah. wow. Wow, yeah, wow. I uh, I started uh, and 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 my teacher is uh, is Alan over at the Las Vegas Stunt Academy. And so I fly into Las Vegas, and when I fly into Las Vegas, I go take classes. You know. Wow. Yeah. Cause, oh, wow. Because you know. you're yeah you're so you're so natural. It's like you've been doing it for a lot longer than 2019. <laughs> well, I so was raised in Louisiana. Yeah. So you're used you to going us. through. Now, yeah. What yeah. made you decide to get into it? Did you have an opportunity to do a stunt, or did you say I want to get into this lane? How did you? How did um, that come about? Well, so. It really, um, it, um, so I was on set with some big, big name stars, you know, Antonio Banderas, Colin Hanks, and, and some of these other people I've been on, on set with. And, you know, I was introduced to stunt doubles, you know, that were going in there and doing it. And then I, uh, I ran into a, a few of these actors that do their own smaller stunts, you know, that you get to be a big A-lister. They're not going to let you do stunts. You know? What about Tom your- Cruise? Huh? What about Tom Cruise? Does he do his stunts or uh, they he does, say that. he does a lot? He does a lot. Like he he's not afraid to get get dirty. Right. You know? He's the exception. Um, yeah. And but but anyway, um, I just decided that if I was going to get more parts and I knew how to do my own stunts, then maybe they would if I could pass the audition, I could get, you know, I could do my, some of my own stunts and maybe I would be more valuable, you know, as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, I just started, you know, I just called up the Las Vegas Stunt Academy and I said, hey, can I start training with you guys? And they were like, yeah. And I got in there and I learned really, really quick. And of course, I'm the oldest guy there. You know, I'm 57 years old and I'm in there with these 20 year old guys that are learning. But you know, I don't care. My body mends well, you know. Mm-hmm. So one thing led to another. and I just started doing it and now it's my repertoire. And so now I apply for. Uh, I mean, I do auditions all the time. I get I get one out of twenty five auditions. I do, you know. Really, it's it's in uh, St. Louis, right? Yeah, but I audition you... everywhere. You know, n- n- once COVID hit, and we don't do live auditions anymore. I I audition everywhere and across the nation. Okay, I didn't you know, know that. That is by yeah, Zoom so, now. So COVID COVID really changed the audition the auditioning process and the landscape of it. Cause it used to be, if you wanted to get movie work in Las Vegas, I mean, Los Angeles, 
you had to live nearby so you could go do auditions. Mm -hmm. But now everything is done on an iPhone or Android and you audition and you submit your auditions. And that's how people are chosen now. You know, Wow. I mean, there's a few places that still do live auditions. I was in uh, Illinois a couple of weeks ago doing an audition because two hours away. But I audition Los Angeles all the time. I lost audition Las Vegas a lot because I know a lot of directors there, you know. Um, but that changed that. And so now that I can do my own stunts and I have that capability, you know, and uh, so I'm a little bit more valuable as as an actor. Right. You have more in the repertoire, more, more in the chamber now. Yeah. yeah. And then and then I always hustle them. I was like, how can you use an animal on this project? <laughs> oh, I always, i've gotten so many animals in just because i asked that question you know really like, how can we put an animal in this project what do you need you need horses okay i can get you some horses you know you need a goat i know where you can get a goat you know really? you need a tarantula i've got a tarantula that's amazing that you know? that is amazing and you say okay i'm not gonna take i love that spirit like i'm not gonna take no you're gonna you're gonna need right. me in some yeah. way what do you need oh you don't want me as an act okay not a stunt okay you need an animal that is exactly. amazing so so i just recently did a, a movie three weeks ago mm -hmm. that i wanted a part like it was a part that was perfect for me and i didn't get it you know and so i asked him i said is there gonna be any stunt work on this on this and he's like, no, not really. We're not really doing any physical uh, stunt work. I mean, most of us, the actors can handle it. And I was like, all right, well, how can you use an animal on this project? And, you know, two days later, he called me back up and he's like, hey, what did you say about those tarantulas? You know? <laughs> and so and so I went, I, 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 three days later, I'm on set. They they create the scene, you know, where where they're looking under the floorboards for this uh, this this box. And then there's these creepy tarantulas crawling across when he's trying to get this box, you know, and it played perfect for the movie. Yeah. You know? But if I hadn't asked. It wouldn't have come to you. You have not because you asked. Man, you were teaching me so much. I'm like, those are some things that I was like, I don't want to do it. If they want me, they want me. They don't know what they want until they know all that you have they to don't. offer. They don't. Unless you offer, they don't know that they don't right. want it. But, they know, you know they want also, it, but. I, I also learned to handle rejection well. You know, it's not because they don't want me. It's because I'm just not right for the project. Right. You know? So my feelings I, got hurt so many times from... <laughs> I understand that. I do. I really do. I understand that. Because at first I was the same way. I was like, oh, man, I didn't get that. I really wanted that part. So now I'm, I, I go after parts that I want, I really, really want. I'm just not disappointed anymore because I realized that I wanted it, but that doesn't mean I was right for it. Right. And I've auditioned for parts and the directors have come back and said, man, you know, um, you, you're really not what we're looking for, but we got this other part, you know? Ah, okay. And, and so I've picked up parts like that, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm tomorrow. So it's 11 o'clock here in St. Louis right now. Oh, wow. I got to be on set at 7 a.m. Uh, tomorrow. And I auditioned for this part and I did not get it. And of course, you know, I'm, I hustle things, you know, I hustle things. And uh, so I was just asking them different aspects of it. Cause they didn't, they only gave me sides, you know? So I really didn't know the whole scope of the show, the film, mm -hmm. 
but I was asking them, just talking, just regular thing. And he said something about, yeah, we got to find a saxophone player. I was like, wait a minute. I play the saxophone. <laughs> and I told him, I said, I'm not very good. <laughs> you don't need me to be good. You just need me to act like I'm good. And you dub the music over the top of it. Wow. And he goes, that's brilliant. He goes, you know how much money that's going to save me? You know? Because he doesn't have to have a named or a professional saxophone player. Right. He just needs somebody that has a saxophone that knows how to play it. Right. You know? So, so I'm doing that. And then I was asking more questions. And they needed uh, Christmas carol uh, carolers because this is a Christmas film that they're filming now so they can release it for Christmas. Right. And I was like, I can't sing very good, but I do have a good profile. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, ah. and I, said I look good in a tuck. <laughs> he goes, are you serious? I was like, yeah, look. I was like. You're not gonna you're not gonna use the Christmas Keller's actual voice. Yeah. You're not gonna put us in a sound room and use our actual I said, you're gonna dub all that stuff over. I was like, I'll be a great Keller Caroler, Christmas oh, Carol. I love that. Yo. So 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 I'm in the movie that I did not get the audition for, but I am the saxophone player on the corner, on the street corner, you know, and I am in the Carolers. Wow. You know? So you're in two different places when they said no. I I need to like teach me your ways, master. You know, <laughs> like I you don't take no for an answer. You just okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you don't need be that? a jerk about it? Right. You know? Right. It's, it's the niceness. It, it's pre just offering. Present them with some other some other options because they have problems. They just don't know you have the solution. Mm. You know, that is because they do have problems. You know, you are amazing. Thank you so much. I, we got to get ready to wrap up. And I know you have an early <laughs> shoot in the morning. I didn't realize it was that late. It's just amazing talking to you. I love having conversations like this because it just yeah. goes on. It didn't seem that long, but oh, right. man. Well, do you want to plug anything else? I know we're, we're going to keep pulling. Matt, we're going to do it. Wildlife <laughs> Command Center. Wildlife hey, Command you know, Center. On YouTube. If, if, Say it, if Mike. anyone was entertained even oh, a little bit with this podcast, which I'm sure you were because this is great stuff, you know, definitely go check out my YouTube channel, Wildlife Command Center. While you're there, hit that subscribe button, turn on the bell notification so that you get a brand new notification every time I drop a new video. I drop a short every day. I drop a long form every Saturday, and we do a live every Wednesday night. So it's tons and tons of content. It's all fresh. It's all animal related. It's entertaining. It's just a bunch of fun. Got it. Wednesday nights at what time? Six o'clock Central, Central Standard. Got it. Okay. And we're going to post all of that and put that up. I actually, I did uh, two or three different posts about you today. I, I put up the trailer for uh, uh, the Bear Hand Rescue. And then I did a, a short just talking about interviewing you. I'm going to go back and edit and tag you in it. That was on Instagram and Facebook and just getting yeah. people to know, okay, this is what we're doing and we're out here. So, and we're having the conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time out. I know you're busy. You got the the Wildlife Command Center on YouTube. You got the Command Center in real life, your movies and shoots and everything that you have going on, man. You you didn't have to do this because you have a lot going on. So I say thank you so very much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Everybody check out uh, Michael and his all of the the 
the things that he's got going on, the uh, Wildlife Command Center on YouTube. Uh, check out uh, are the the uh, the the Bear Hand Rescue. Are those episodes still up anywhere? Yeah, yeah. So they 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 are on Discovery Plus. Discovery Plus. Okay, we'll put that up. Uh, Michael Brand. Uh, uh, anything else that your logo is uh, uh, Bare Hand Brand? Yeah, Bare Hands Brand. And that's, that's that's my name. Um, and of course, if you follow my IMDb page, I mean, we've got I've got active movies on Netflix right now. You know, The Night of the Tommyknockers is is active right now. It's doing really well. Bridge of the Doomed is on uh, Netflix right now, and a lot of different platforms. You can catch it on Tubi. Uh, you can catch it on like twelve different streaming platforms. Wow. You know? Okay. And uh, we've got a couple of movies coming out. That's going to be big stuff. You know, it's probably a whole new, uh, another interview. <laughs> I definitely want to do another interview, we'll do several. And uh, maybe we'll do one when I come. I'm coming April 20, 28th uh, yep. is the event. So I need to be there on the 27th. Yeah. Fly in on Thursday, fly out on a Saturday, you know. Done and done. I will be there. We will be there. You'll love All it. Right. Thank you You're so very much. It's great. Yeah, I've never we've never been. So yeah, this yeah, is gonna be a great, great time. And this this uh event is the uh movie trivia. So so it's put on for our nonprofit Raptor Rescue. Mm -hmm. Uh it's going to be the the uh theme of it is Disney Animals. Mm -hmm. You know, and so all the proceeds, one hundred percent of the proceeds all go to our Raptor Rescue efforts. Gotcha. That's a great cause. We're going to get involved. I'm going to promote it and push it. Send me uh, or send Matt. Matt will send me uh, the information or the links that you will want on social media and we'll sure. put it up. I'm going to tell people that we're going to be there and we'll be there. Maybe we can take some pictures and, and talk about it and, and post it yeah, and yeah. Uh, make it happen. Get it out there and get people to donate to it. Cool. All Appreciate right. Appreciate that. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Michael Boran, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to see him on April 28th. So this is going to be an ongoing thing. You're going to see a lot more from him and Mike Conaway. Thank you so much for Mike Conaway. You've you've just been watching Words Matter with John Maurice. Thank you so much. I'm tongue tied because I'm just so excited. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Love always. John Maurice. Peace. All right. Words matter. With John Maurice. Mm -hmm.